In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Good and gracious Father, we invite you into this space, this podcast. We ask that you would bless the words that I am about to say and the ears that are about to hear it. May anything that is good stay resonating in my listeners' souls. May anything that they should not hear or dwell on be quickly forgotten. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After Advent. This is Mark Wheeler. Hope that your last two weeks were great. Um, I know that mine have been all right. Uh, My two-year-old and my one-and-a-half-year-old both got sick with the stomach bug. Um, So we've had way more cleaning up of vomit than I ever want to do ever again. Although I hear that when you sign up for being a parent, this sort of thing happens, so it goes. Uh, This episode is going to be on knowing your limits. Um, Something that I have, uh, in the last couple of years, really started to come to grips with. The idea that we have limits, that we aren't saints yet, that we can only go so far on our own power that we need the grace of God to progress in the spiritual life. I know that is kind of a no-brainer, like, no, duh, you need God to help you know him. That's the whole idea about Jesus and coming and being God incarnate and revealing himself to us and the Holy Spirit being with us to continue with us on our journey and to continue to intercede for us and the both of them to continue to reveal the Father to us, but it's kind of a big revelation for me. Um, I've discovered that it's both a courageous and a healthy thing to know how far you can go. It means that you've gone to the brink. You know the excess of the struggle that you can push yourself towards. You know the very edge of your capacities, and you know what will push yourself beyond them. We all have an extent to which we can go, It's no shame that the extent is not unlimited. We are human, after all. In order to have an unlimited extent, you would have to be God, which is ultimately our first parent's sin to try to be God on their own power. Um, So it comes as no surprise that we have difficulty understanding, setting, and staying within our own limits. But God does not expect more of us than we can offer. He's willing to give us trials, struggles, and opportunities to become holy only up to the point of that measure which we can succeed in. Scripture says very clearly that God will not give us more than we can handle, and if we are given more than we can handle, he will provide a way for us to get out. And in periods of times in which we cannot meet the struggle that God promises us. He also gives us the Holy Spirit to continue to provide us support and encouragement so that we can endure. We can also remember that the entire of saints are around us and we can ask them for their prayers to help us on our way as well. Our road to holiness to God is not going to require of us more than we can handle. We're not going to need to accept disciplines that we're not ready for or to accept assignments or tasks or commit ourselves to things that we simply can't do. We're not going to be asked to do deeds beyond what God will supply us the grace to do 
You're not going to ask us to have conversations that we are not ready for. He's simply not going to ask us to go beyond the limitations where we are now. That's not to say that God's grace is somehow limited, far from it, but he also knows the extent to which we can participate with the Holy Spirit, the extent to which we have become spiritually mature. And God is going to lovingly accept and respect the fact that we are not perfect yet. It may be hard and incredibly frustrating, but what God has asked you to do will not push you over the brink because God himself is there to carry us like he carried the cross on his back. Likewise, our desire to achieve heaven and demonstrate our love for Christ and indeed have a close-knit relationship with him will not require us to take on disciplines or to commit to activities that are simply beyond us. We will not be a marathon runner by starting to run a marathon. You just can't do it. All right, someone out there probably can. I can't do it. Most people can't do it. To start running a marathon, you have to start by putting on your running shoes. Only then can you take the first few steps and start training to become a marathon runner. And our first attempts are going to be pitifully small compared to the goal that we have. Chances are, if you haven't run in a long time, you're going to be able to make it two, maybe three miles, puffing and huffing the whole way. So it is with the spiritual life. The moment we start training is when we realize how totally spiritually flabby we are. And Jesus recognizes that. So what? Does that mean that we give up? That, oh, well, holiness isn't possible in this life, so I guess that we should live and let live, right? We should just do our thing. Um, Martin Luther said that uh, if you're going to sin, sin boldly, and then believe all the more. Is that the response of a responsible Christian? An emphatic no. It is built into our blood and our DNA to desire to be close to God. Just because we don't love our parents as well as we possibly can doesn't mean that we should take the car out whenever we want, invite our friends over to be loud, noisy, and make a ruckus, and never listen or respect them again. No, it means that we must learn how to love them through time. We learn to respect and honor our parents as time went on, as we slowly matured as human beings. Well, hopefully we've matured as human beings. So it is with God. Scripture says that we must be patient with ourselves. Even St. Paul says in the letter to the Philippians, not that I've arrived at my destination yet, but I eagerly press on towards what is ahead. He also says in the first letter to the Corinthians that he would like to give them more spiritual insight, far more than what he's been able to share with them so far, but they can only receive milk like babies at this point because they can't accept food that is whole yet. That means that as Christians, we may not be developed to the point where we will be at some point or what Christ wants us to be at some point. St. Paul said to the Corinthians that they were drinking milk as babies, not as a way to say, oh, you guys are doing a great job. No, he was shaming them in order to light a spiritual spark under them so that they would eagerly desire holiness and spiritual maturity. It is also important to remember that Christ loves us where we are, for who we are, not for who we may be someday. 
and that he wants us to continue to grow in holiness and become closer and closer and more and more like him. It's both of those. He loves you where you are now, and because he loves you where you are now, he wants you to continue to grow. Now, if we become more and more like Christ, that doesn't mean that we lose our personality. No. Indeed, we will be more like Christ and more like ourselves as we continue to press on to be closer and closer to him. In fact, insofar as we are away from Christ, insofar as we still need to grow in holiness and closeness to Christ, is the same extent to which we aren't actually like ourselves. Those areas where we are not quite looking like Jesus yet are the areas where we actually aren't reflecting what we are supposed to look like in the first place. We will become more like ourselves. I will become more like Mark Wheeler the more I become like Jesus. My personality, who I am meant to be, is going to come out more and more truly the more and more I get close to Christ because it's Christ who made me in the first place. To be closer to Christ is not to lose anything but a false identity and the distance that I have between myself and God. That seems to me like something I can let go of. In the words of my two-year-old, that'd be, hmm, pretty good. So now that we've fully established that we're not to completely give up everything and sell all that we have to go to the poor and go live in the desert, wait a minute. Yes, some are. Some have been called by God to give up everything immediately and go live in the desert as their means to holiness. And there are some great means to holiness by living in the desert. And if that's where God has called you, and if by listening to this podcast you realize, yes, I need to follow in the footsteps of the great saints and go and live in the desert of Egypt, by all means, go now. Stop listening and leave. But generally speaking, God has not built cathedrals with the spires on top. Meaning, God generally starts with us at the foundation. He starts building a temple, starts building a house of worship, and to do so, he realizes that he has to start at the very base. We start by going to daily mass, by having a routine of confession. Then we add daily prayers. Talking with God is a really great step. Reading the Bible, understanding the catechism, getting into the doctrine, reading the lives of the saints. Getting some teaching on the character and nature of the Mass is a great step so that we can fully enter in what the Church calls the source and summit of the faith, that is, the Eucharist, and participate in the celebration of the Lord's Passion and how it is central to the entire Christian experience. This foundation might include understanding some of the history of the church, where we've been, where we are now in relation to the whole of the Christian experience. It might include adoration, retreats, conversations, and other things that neither I nor anyone else can think of because they're unique to you and your relationship with Jesus. The point is, is that to start to build a spiritual life, to start to work towards the holiness that God invites us to, the first step is prayer. That's where you and Jesus will start to talk about how to build this structure that God wants to build you into. Because there's so many awesome and beautiful things that you could be, but God has created you for a very special and singular purpose that only he knows and he wants to reveal it to you. So, 
Start in prayer. Ask him what he wants you to do. Then pick something. Start small and stick with it for a while. Maybe it's morning prayer. Maybe it's going to confession once a month. Maybe it's going to adoration with your Bible and journaling for a half an hour. Through the discerning experience and process, God is going to reveal to you the person he has made you to be. And you've got to start small if you want to someday be that great spiritual marathon runner. And in that prayer, in that space of discerning, God may reveal to you things that you don't know about yourself. The marathon runner, who's just getting started, does not know what his natural body composition is. It's important for that person to train for a while, to get into a reasonable level of physical fitness before they can start to realize where their natural deficiencies lie. The same is true for our spiritual lives. We don't know where we are especially weak or vulnerable until we get into a natural rhythm of prayer, until talking with the Lord is a regular thing in our lives, until we wake up in the morning, say good morning to the Lord, have a morning prayer, have an evening prayer with the Lord, review our day, have a conversation with him throughout the day, and have some other sort of meditative or continuing conversation with him. Once we have those sorts of things in place, those sorts of foundations in our lives, God can start to reveal to us more and more about who we are, about who he is and what he wants for our lives. That's when we start to graduate from drinking milk like babies into having something a little bit more substantial. And last, but certainly not least, we have to remember that none of this is accomplished on our own efforts. We can't do anything on our own. All of this is grace given by the Lord, which is why we first need to ask. So, as this episode's practical point, let's go to God and pray. I'm going to lead us in for a moment. I'm going to open up some space for the Lord to speak, and then I'm going to close as we typically do with the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we open up this time to you. We are sinful human beings who are in desperate need of your mercy. We ask you, Lord, by your great grace, to go before us, to pave our way, to help us to remove the things in our lives that are sinful and keep us from you, and to please, please, please help root in our lives good spiritual habits and disciplines that will allow us to hear from the Father. We thank you, Lord, for the grace that you have given and that which you will continue to provide. O most gracious Virgin Mary, Never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. Before you I come, before you I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, we will see you in another couple of weeks. If this is something that is blessing you, go ahead and do us a favor and invite someone else to listen to the podcast. Uh, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.